0: Welcome to another episode of Being the First, a podcast and a platform created to provide consumer and financial wellness information on college investing, career and personal leadership, the first generation in low and middle income students and families, what I like to call the Fly community. My name is Mosley Pierre and I am a former college admissions officer and a university acad- and university academic advisor. Um, with 20 years' experience in various segments of higher education and nonprofit, as well as corporate, um, my goal is for this podcast and platform is not only to equip the fly community with relevant and pertinent consumer information, um, so they can, in order for them to make financial better financial investment decisions, but also to um, help them meet goals, financial goals that they have also set for themselves um i like to take a moment to just acknowledge that you know it has been a, a while since we last recorded and last um uh, uploaded an episode um, i am happy to be back and moving forward my goal is to produce more content um uh, on a consistent basis um for there's a lot of information that, that is relevant that is out there that needs to be shared and the you know, times are moving so quickly and information is, 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 just piling up and, um, and it changes also, the information also changes uh, on a weekly, daily, monthly basis that, um, um, I feel that it's relevant and it's, it's, it, it's, it's important to um, be able to share this information out there. So moving forward to say all that is, um, uh, we plan on providing more content on, on a more consistent basis. So again, welcome Thank you for taking the time to actually listen to our, um, to our show and our podcast, and I just know that I truly appreciate that um, and looking forward to just growing more and more and, and um, reaching more and more students and their families. So let's go back to today's episode. In today's episode, um, I would like to speak on the FASA. The FASA, which stands for the Federal Application for Student Aid And mainly how financial aid in the United States work, Um, so that will be our topic for today. Uh, I don't plan on staying or or recording too long, um, but just just giving you a gist and a basic information about the FAFSA and how. It it works in the United States we will also shortly go over public laws regarding the FAFSA and also discuss where you can get more information on the application on the process and also how to get more resources on the FAFSA itself and financial aid in general so let's begin Um, you know there's a lot of information out there about the FAFSA yeah, if you were to just put FAFSA online, you will see a whole list of um information come up on any search, Google search, um, uh, any search that you pull up. Um, but not too many people discuss exactly what it is and its purpose, right? Um, and particularly most do not discuss the fact that it is a federal mandate and it is under pertin- per- permanent United States codes. Right, and we'll discuss more about what what United States codes are, uh, in this episode. Not too much because you know I just try to let you. I just try to enlighten that you know all laws and public laws and are are connected to consumer rights. <laughs> it, it And just just the gist of it. So let's just um let's start i will go over um, well let's continue rather i'll go over um, the topic of the FAFSA in five steps right and so we will begin with the first step which is um what exactly the FAFSA right so like i said earlier the FAFSA stands for free application for federal student aid it it is is the only form used to apply and receive financial assistance for higher education In any career education and special professional credentials that you sought in the United States right so if you're going for even an apprenticeship program even if you're going for a a skills program um, even if you go for a graduate degree program a bachelor's degree program you still have to apply for financial aid you still have to fill out this form to um, be able to be eligible um, to receive financial assistance from the United States Okay, so the colleges and career schools um, that you submit the FAFSA to also uses the FAFSA, the FAFSA information, the data that you entered, right? From your financial documents, like the parents 1040 forms, right? They use this information to determine, right? Which type of federal aid, right? That they'll give you, right? So once you complete this form, the application, Um, and the school pulls your information or whatever school that you deem that you actually put down on the application itself for them to receive your data. They get that data and they basically create your financial aid award letter and determine which type of federal aid that you are eligible for, uh, which can include work study, um, work which is actually student employment, loans, and federal grants. And believe it or not, um each of these categories of financial aid are have um u s code, u s c codes behind them and determined by Congress right but that's for a further or another episode um also, many states use the FAFSA right many states themselves states who give out scholarships um in Organizations use the FAFSA to also give um, awards and scholarships as well. So the FAFSA is 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 um basically it's an application that you have to submit, which is um required to receive um federal aid from the government. So step two, why is this form or application so important? And I put form in quotation marks because um it is a form, and that's how um that's how it's, it's, it's considered or seen by public law and, and by Congress so why is this form so important so on the FAFSA application um, it references the laws gov- the laws governing the federal student aid which is FSA programs right and one of the laws actually the first law is to complete a common financial reporting form which is better known as the Free Application for Student Aid, the FAFSA, right? So everyone has to complete this form to be able to get federal grants, work studies, student employment, and loans, right? So when we say, or when this form says laws, right, what laws... Are exactly are they talking about laws that are governing so we're talking about the code of laws of the United States right as I mentioned earlier and I try to talk about this in every episode that I do because again our laws are what determine our uh, consumer rights right our public laws so um, the code of laws of the United States also the USC USC codes is the official compilation and codification of the general and permanent federal statutes of the United States right it has 53 titles and each of these titles um, have different sections right so and these are the laws that are currently in force right? these are permanent laws which you know can be addendum and demise but there are input and notes can be also to use to update them but they are public laws and they are active so the FAFSA. So where does the FASA fall into all of this? The FAFSA falls directly under the USC Title 20, Chapter 28, Subchapter 4, Part G. If you ever get a moment to look this up, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. If you were to type USC Title 20, Chapter 28, Subchapter 5, 4, Part G, you will see forms come up and then you will see need assistance come up and then if you click forms what will come up is right it, it, it describes the form the FAFSA as the secretary of education right will produce and distribute up pr- in process free of charge a common financial reporting form as described right in the subsection to be used for application and reapplication to determine the need and eligibility eligibility of a student for financial assistance under parts A through E, which are grants, loans, direct Perkins work study. That's another also episode when we break apart the different parts of this code, USC code, A through E, because parts A, B, C, D, E, each of them are separate. Each, for example, A is grants, B is loans, is um, work study, and it's broken down um, what is required for eligibility for each of these sections. So it's quite interesting. Um, so if you were to ever take the time to look up this code, you'll see where the FAFSA application and our or the form falls, and in, in words required by law by Congress um, for anyone who's interested in getting financial assistance. Um, to apply and reapply. So every year you have to apply and reapply, Um, right? So that's why the FAFSA is so important. Let's talk about step three. Um, How do you apply for the FAFSA? Well, the forms, again, going back to the code, it describes how um, an individual would apply for the FAFSA. So the forms shall be made available to applicants in both paper and electronic format and shall be referred to as a free application for student aid or the FAFSA, right? So the again, the Secretary of Education shall make the FAFSA consumer friendly and to make the questions in the FAFSA easy for students and families to read and understand, right? making sure that the FAFSA is available in formats accessible to individuals with disabilities as well. So um, the code basically breaks down every step that is required um, to fill out this form. And a, a lot of people do not understand or realize that this is available, this is public information. Uh, so if you wanna get to know more about this form, this application, you know, you can just go online and pull up this code and it'll break down um, each requirement uh, in detail so let's move on to step four so so basically uh, just to wrap that up in general so you can apply um, to the application online you can just put up FAFSA and anywhere on any Google search and you'll pull up the application you can fill it up fill it out you can print it out or you can fill it out online free of charge no one can charge you for this filling out these forms because this is a free application by the government step four. So once you apply and um, submit your application, uh, it's submitted to what is called the central processing system, right? The CPS, which produces the expected family contribution, which is the EFC. And we talked about the EFC in a couple episodes earlier. And, um, And if you get a chance to listen to that, I believe it's episode three, where we broke down what the EFC is, um, three or four and we broke down what uh, the EFC is and the, and the cost of attendance. So the CPS system produces the EFC, which is the expected, expected family contribution, you know, and basically the results of the eligibility matches the information, right? So the data is used from the FAFSA and the, it, the results matches the information and creates the eligibility for how much money or how much aid is needed. The second part, right, is the need analysis, right? The codes, 20 codes, chapter 28, sub-chapter 4, also discusses need analysis, which is part F, right? And that is where you will find... The amount of need, the cost of attendance in the EFC, typically that's where they're located. Right. So the financial aid office, once it receives or whichever college or program that you apply for, the financial aid office of that university, once you read, they receive that, they're responsible for authorizing, creating the aid and dispersing the need analysis and creating a package, right, for, for each student or each family. So they use. The data, and they create. Uh, they use the cost of attendance for that college that only the college can actually create, and they create and they do a need analysis, and then they look at the EFC, and then they create a package based on that data and also their information. Some a lot. Of, the other part that, that's not spoken about um, much is the verification process for um, the application. Uh, a a lot of students do unfortunately go through the verification process mainly low-income students um so one has to be familiar with this information so the verification process is said is because there's so many errors made in the application there's a process for verifying the application and making corrections and verifying the data which is called the verification process simple enough and so I would say about a third of students or applications go through this process and typically um more information is is is, is, acts, is given is acts and given and um to verify the information on that application itself. So um you should also familiarize yourself with that aspect of the application process itself. So finally step fifteen, step five. So where do we get a FAFSA resources? um the resources again are available all over online but one of the main focus is studentaid.gov resources you'll find more information on that um, about financial aid process in general and the nasfa website which is the national association of student financial aid administration um, they're an organization of all financial aid administrators and they can give you more information about financial aid as well The Consumer Financial Protection Board, which is consumerfinance.gov, which gives you information about your consumer rights regarding financial aid, right? And also, each state and university and college has their own deadline. So you should also also always check with your colleges or program that you're interested in to find out what their deadline is for for their FAFSA or for their financial aid requirements. Also be aware. Um, of financial aid deadlines the FAFSA deadlines um, for students who have already started college who already started in a program and are already in school for the academic year of 2021 2022 the last date to submit your FAFSA is June 30th 2022 which already passed and um and corrected September 10th and for the 2022 and 2023 um, application academic year their last time or date is June 30th 2023 and we'll talk more about the different dates and deadlines um, in a future episode um, so yeah so in five steps or more these are um, what I wanted to talk to you about today uh, about the FAFSA and um, I hope you um, understand just the general basic information about financial aid in the, United, in the United States and as we go on with more episodes, we'll dev more about each area um, because the FAFSA is, is such a big topic. I, I can go on for hours to talk about it, but I really wanted to um, have um, this, this short time to just go over how the financial aid works and also exactly how the FAFSA is connected to our consumer rights. Right. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I look forward to having another episode and next content coming up really, really soon. If you have any questions, you can send me an email on being the first fly F L I at gmail.com or Mo Pierre, at gmail.com. Um, and I'll be great. I'll be very happy to answer your questions. And, um, I look forward to, to speaking to you some more and uh, i just look forward to just discussing some more topics that i think will really 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 help the community take care and um, see you next time or speak to you next time